Well, hey everyone, and welcome tonight to the first uh, day one of our Book of Acts video devotional uh, called Christ in the Crisis. And thank you for joining in with us. Uh, as was the case with the uh, Easter devotional, I see that a number of people don't watch live, but they watch afterward, and that's fine. I don't never really know exactly when I'm going to come on. It's between 5 and 9 at night, depending on my schedule and what's going on during the day. But that's the beauty of the technology. These devotionals will be on our Facebook page and uh, our website as well, so you can catch up. And uh, this is going to be a journey through the Book of Acts all the way up to Pentecost Sunday, actually, which is the 31st of May. So this is a book that really helps us understand how the people in the early church were able to live uh, with hope, even though they were in uh, difficult circumstances and often in their life circumstances of crisis. And today is no different. And we're living through, uh, on the one hand, a, a global crisis, uh, but on the other, even in our nation of Canada today, uh, we we are in shock and we and we grieve uh, as we've um, uh, seen the the worst mass shooting in Canadian history that took place over the weekend. So when we have all these things that kind of snowball together in our lives, uh, how do we live and how do we live with hope? even in circumstances that are so, so difficult. So um, we're going to do a little bit every weekday. And then, uh, <coughs> excuse me, on Sundays, we will continue our series all on that theme of the book of Acts, Christ in the Crisis, okay? Uh, so you'll want uh, to join in and tune in uh, and watch the recordings because uh, as we did at Easter, and it was such a success, uh, we're going to do the same thing May the 31st, and we'll have a uh, an electronic quiz that's based on all of the things that we'll learn up to May the 31st, and the winner of that quiz is going to get a brand new iPad. So um, if you won the first one in Easter, you're not going to win the second one, okay? You know who you are if you're the winner and you're watching. Uh, but uh, just a way for us to learn together and a way for us to grow together uh, and have have a little bit of fun at the same time as we go through this book together, okay? So um, we started yesterday in the Sunday message, but we're just going to look at a couple of things in the book of Acts tonight that I think it's important for you to, to see. And uh, the first one is from uh, verses 9 through 11, and this is this is uh, when Jesus ascends. We call this in, in theology the ascension. And we see there, um, after he had given them his final uh, words there, it is not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So he, he diverts their attention away from uh, wanting him to to overthrow the Romans and show his power and his messiahship and all these things at that point. And he tries to get them to focus on the coming power of the spirit. And then he ascends. He, he literally visibly ascends into the sky and disappears. Uh, we call this the ascension. 
And there's a supernatural thing that happens there. You've got a couple of men dressed in white, and they ask this question. Why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now, it's important to slow this down and take a look at it because it relates it relates to today and really every age in history. There's so many times throughout history where people have tried to talk about the, the, the second coming of Jesus. And here, this is a promise of his second coming. He will come back. He will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Remember, they were asking him, when are you going to overthrow? When is the, the Romans? When is the kingdom going to be restored to Israel? When is all of this going to be wrapped up? It is an eschatological question that they are asking him, and he diverts them away to the, to the important priority, which was to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And throughout history, men have tried and failed to answer that question about the times and the dates. And Jesus said it, it is not for you to know the times or dates. And yet we have tried and tried and tried and failed. And there, I'm sure those who are going to say that because of this pandemic, uh, Jesus could come back in our lifetime and, you know, watch out, it's going to be X amount of years and so on. But it's very clear here, nobody knows the time or the day. It's also clear that the second coming of Jesus will be visible. And it was a future event vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis those people who saw him ascend. So for them, they're looking for a future event where Jesus would visibly return. It did not happen in their lifetime. And it has not happened right up to our lifetime. So it still remains to be a future event. It must be a visible event if we're to believe this narrative. And uh, it's not some invisible thing. It's not something that no one's going to know that it happens. And there are various different views about the second coming uh, of Jesus. But the important thing for us to realize is that he is coming and we will see him come somehow, some way. It's not going to be some kind of mysterious, invisible thing that nobody knows it's really happened. But, you know, Jesus has already returned. No, not if we're to believe this. So you, you just need to understand that piece uh, of the puzzle. And the coming of the Lord is so important because it assures us that ultimate justice and ultimate victory over evil and ultimate uh, righteousness and everlasting righteousness will, will, will come. Uh, God is not finished with this world yet. And uh, so that's important for you to see in Acts chapter 1 because the theme of the second coming is going to going to uh, uh, appear in the book of Acts over and over and over again. This is the first time. Um, and the next thing that I want you to see, and we'll revisit this tomorrow, is the next little crisis that they have on their hands. Uh, on Sunday, we talked about the crisis of comprehension. And here you have another crisis, and that's the crisis of leadership. And what they're going to do is deal with the fact that Judas Iscariot 
is no longer there and they want to replace him and this is like the first order of business that they're trying to take care of even as they're waiting for the power of the spirit to come which they don't even know what that means and they're joining together constantly in prayer and it says in verse 15 in those days peter stood up among the believers he's establishing himself as a leader there a group numbering about 120 and said this the scripture had to be fulfilled which the holy spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of david concerning judas who served as guide for those who arrested jesus he was one of our number and shared in this ministry so he's going to show how this was all predicted by the holy spirit in the psalms of david and then this little parenthetical is put in uh, the translators put this in as a parenthesis as like a side note by luke with the reward he got for his wickedness judas bought a field there he fell headlong his body burst open and his intestines spilled out i mean really raw everyone in jerusalem heard about this and so they called that field in their language akeldama that is the field of blood and then that you will see how judas is replaced why do i read this to you it's such a violent passage such a gory little description there from luke well it's important uh, because there have been many attacks on the scripture over hundreds of years really because of this very passage uh, if you know the 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 Easter story, the the Matthew's gospel tells us that Judas hung himself, and that with the money that he received from the chief priests, he he threw it back in a in a time of remorse, and um, and he hung himself, and then they took that and they bought a field, and yet here you read in the book of Acts what appears to be. A contradiction I have debated people uh, on this passage over the years Jehovah's Witnesses Muslims especially um, and others who want to say that the Bible is not trustworthy because presto here you have a contradiction let me teach you something here a contradiction is when you have uh, uh, something that's stated with the exclusion of something else so if this was um, Judas bought a field and he did not hang himself then you have a contradiction but what you have here is luke showing his knowledge of what happened to judas then back in matthew's gospel you have matthew showing his knowledge of what happened to judas it's interesting that luke does not report on what happens to judas in the gospel of luke and luke is the writer of acts and therefore we see something different from luke's perspective this is precisely what we would expect and so people have wrestled with this over the years but it's just two angles of a similar event what likely happened is that there was some sort of collaboration between the chief priests and judas of the buying of this field we're not sure what but one account says Judas bought it. The other account says the chief priest bought it, but they don't exclude one another. So there must have been some sort of collaboration there. And what likely happened was was that Judas took his own life and his body fell into the field. 
and uh, that's what happened to his body. So if you put the whole thing together, you can see that you've got two angles of the same thing. Why do I tell you this little detail? Again, because of the trustworthiness of the scripture, and it is important. You know, you read in in Acts chapter 1 about the promise of the second coming. Well, how can you trust the promise of the second coming when you see what looks like a contradiction 10 verses after? It isn't. The Bible continues to be trustworthy. You just have to be able to to read it and understand uh, how it's written and the, the, the type of literature that you're dealing with and so on. So keep on pressing on and keep on reading through the book of Acts. And we're going to learn so much together. Remember that God can be trusted. God is still on the throne. God knows what he's doing not only in this great big world, but also in your individual life. You can trust him. God bless you, and we will see you tomorrow for day number two of our Christ in the Crisis video devotional. Have a great night, everyone.